Hello, welcome to the podcast of Grace Fellowship Church Shrewsbury. We meet every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. in Southern York County, Pennsylvania. You can join our morning live stream on Facebook or YouTube. Just search for GFC Shrewsbury. You can find more information about us at gfcshrewsbury.org. We are so excited to bring you this message today, and it is our hope that you will come to know and believe Jesus Christ more fully through it. Well, good morning, Grace. It's incredible to be together in the presence of the Lord, isn't it? He's just getting started. I'm just so thankful for um, the freedom that we have to come together in the name of Jesus. I know that we live in uh, difficult times. I don't know about you, but like for this weekend for me, um, uh, it's July 4th. I mean, that's pretty cool. And you're in church. That's great. (laughs) But for a holiday weekend, it just it feels different to me. And maybe this is just me, but I, I think it has to do with what I see of division and the brokenness in our country. Um, and, and this is not, I trust that this doesn't feel like a downer, because for me, I, I'm, I, am, I, I know that we're to, we are celebrating independence, we're celebrating freedom. And yet there is just a climate of concern among many of the state of our nation. The beauty of this is that we're going to be celebrating communion a little bit later together. The beauty of this is that any freedom that we have in this country or on this earth is temporary. But what we truly celebrate and what gives us the greatest joy is that we have freedom that is eternal. We have freedom in Jesus. And we have cause to celebrate regardless of what our circumstances are. And we have opportunity, as has been already shared in the service, to as God's children seek his face for the sake of our nation so this is a day to celebrate every day that that God gives us is a day to celebrate as we are embracing the freedom that we have in him and as we celebrate the freedom that we have in him he can he will do things that transform the world around us so we are here together in the name of Jesus worshiping him and our desires that our eyes would be fixed on him So what we want to do, we're going to turn to the Word in just a few moments, but I wanted to give you a couple updates that are exciting, I believe. Um, I'm going to show you some video of um, some spaces that have been under construction. Uh, So back uh, in the second weekend of April, we were able to share how God has made a way for us to uh, do some construction work here on the hill an expansion of the cafe and of the pantry and creation of counseling suites. So we're just going to, I'm just going to roll some video. And this is what, for those that hadn't been there, this is what the cafe had looked like previously. And then it's going through some transformation and and you can see Jake and Elwood still present. But but there's a, that half wall in between is what has been created and that space on, on the right is the expansion of this cafe, that this space that had looked, uh, again, just like an empty storage space has been connected to the cafe and construction has been moving along absolutely incredibly. This is in the back, that first picture was of the classroom that had been there and this is now the counseling suite as it now stands. It went from being studs to finished walls and uh, there are six offices that are back there and again, so close to being uh, ready to utilize. But God has, is transforming this space and, and we're so thankful because um, this contract work is physical building changes that are going to bring transformation to lives. So, uh, so again, we, yeah, we need to celebrate that. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I keep seeing Jake or Elwood. I'm not sure which one that is, but um, they've been present in the cafe for a long time. And one thing that our teams have in common with Jake, Jake and Elwood is we're on a mission from God. Okay. So, but this is the beautiful space again for the cafe. The, the, that expansion is going to take us from being able to serve approximately 35 or so uh, for in, in-person dining into up to about 75 to 80 of people that can come in and just be fed. Um, in that cafe, but being fed the, the word of God and relationships and the love of God in an absolutely incredible way. So again, we're excited and we're gonna, it's, it's not the same to see it on video and, and, 
but we're going to actually get to go down there and you'll get to see again the pantry that that's uh, there's a lot of stuff in there so even though that construction's about finished um, that, that part wasn't shown and there's a ramp that connects uh, the old you know the former pantry into the expanded pantry so a lot of a lot of exciting things but we're going to have opportunity later uh, we're not sure as far as timing we're probably going to officially open right at the beginning of September is what we anticipate to be the target so we still have some finishing touches and some things to get in order but you're going to have an opportunity to walk down through there and pr- pray blessings over that space and and uh, there might be opportunity for you to maybe be called to join and be part of the teams that serve so we're excited for what's happening there we're also excited for what excited for what's coming up this week and at the beginning of the service we know that not everybody catches the announcements beforehand so we want to make sure that you're aware of an opportunity to come here to the worship center this Friday night and it'll be July 9th and it's an evening just to soak in the presence of God to be with him uh, to communicate with him and and allow him to communicate with us Uh, so we want to invite you to be part of that the theme is gratitude And boy, I'll tell you, gratitude changes life. Gratitude truly changes life. And when we look to God and in thanksgiving, uh, just praise him and acknowledge who he is and give him thanks for uh, for what he's done and what he's provided for us, uh, it lifts our spirits and it it transforms us so that we can be used to transform others. So again, that's this Friday night, uh, July 9th at 7 o'clock. Then uh, Global Leadership Summit, Summit is coming up and there have been some announcements concerning this. The reason I wanted to mention it briefly today is that next Sunday is the deadline for, um, uh, for the cheaper registration. So uh, this, it's two days of training. It's, it's um, by video, but there's, uh, it's incredible the way that you're able to engage. And that's something that I've absolutely loved since I've been part of Grace here is this opportunity to come together for these two days. Uh, you may say, I'm not a leader, but you are. Each one of us has, has a circle of influence, and this can be something that God can use powerfully in your life, so please give consideration uh, to being part of Global, Global Leadership uh, Summit, and that, again, is gonna come up, the, it's the first week of August. Um, so again, tickets are available at discounted price uh, through uh, next, next Sunday. So it's my privilege now to be able to continue in our, in our series. Uh, today we're gonna be talking about being Jesus' sheep. And uh, we're going to be diving into uh, that passage in, in just a, a moment. So we had, we had spoken from the first half of John chapter 10. And um, if, you've, uh, if you've been able to be here or, or be able to join us online, uh, we're just so thankful. Again, these messages are available to always go back and, um, and to allow God to speak to you later. And I just want to give testimony, too, of how uh, God uses the online. So if you're at home uh, or wherever you may be watching, uh, we know that the Spirit of God is with you. And the Spirit of God can speak to you. And I just heard testimony this morning of how a person was deeply moved by, by the, the presence of God and, and called to, to take a really cool step of faith as they were watching at home. Uh, so again, if, if you're not able to be here, thank you for joining us online. If you're here, it's an opportunity again to remember that you can go back and hear again what God has spoken and what he's done through the worship. Again, this worship team, that's part of what's online and, and that's a, a way that you can engage uh, even when you're not on site. But one of the things that we talked about last week is how um, you know, God in, in, in creation uh, created sheep before mankind knowing that there was gonna be this incredible connection, similarities. Uh, so we talked about how we can be, as, as people, we can be like sheep. And after first service uh, last week, I was um, told about this video that uh, my son-in-law then looked up right after church, and I want you to see it. So this may give you a little bit more of an understanding of how we are like sheep. I've seen that so many times this week. <laughs> so I'm going to still stay ahead of you. Can we see it one more time? Can you show us that? Can you identify? 
I mean, it was just, uh, so thank you, Doug, for pointing me, <laughs> pointing me toward that. Um, but I mean, it's, you know, sometimes things are so sad, you just have to laugh, you know? Because can't we see ourselves there? Uh, we're stuck beyond being able to escape. We're rescued, and what do we do? Make this beautiful flying leap <laughs> back into the same place. All we like sheep. God loves us. <laughs> you know, we've really... Um, so, anyhow, I don't want to dwell on that too much because we could be playing this for the next 45 minutes as far as I'm concerned. Um, <laughs> Laughter is a helpful thing, and, uh, and, it, and it clearly does help us to, um, at times, see a truth that's hard to swallow. Uh, but the reality is that we do have these tendencies. We're used to something, even if it's a bad thing, uh, that we have these tendencies to go back. But, you know, the, the flip side of that coin is that when sheep get on the right track, um, there's also that repetitive, you know, following, too. So, uh, so we're going to be looking more at, at that as we go through. And, and if I ask Heather to play that again, please stop me, okay? Because I'm, I'm going to have this, I'm going to have this draw uh, to go back. So, uh, but what I'd like us to do is just very quickly just look at, look back at one of the things that I had asked us to do um, last Sunday. I'd ask us to periodically through each day in this past week um, to ask ourselves these questions. Uh, first of all, who am I listening to? So we had talked about. Again, that sheep hear the shepherd's voice. So the question is, you know, through the week and through, the, through each day, do we, do we just pause and say, who am I listening to right now? What voice am I hearing? Who am I following? Not just who am I hearing, but who am I following? And then third, am I trusting, or who am I trusting to care for me? Who am I trusting to care for me? Am I trusting the good shepherd? And then as we ask these questions, make, make some adjustments. Uh, so I want to share a personal testimony about this. So I obviously have been studying in preparation for teaching last week. I, I brought the message to two different um, uh, groups yet last Sunday morning. And um, so I felt I was really saturated in this. And, and you know, you think you get it. And then about 5 o'clock uh, Sunday afternoon, I'm going through some emails. And, and this one email that I received, it was, uh, it was about uh, some other things. But at the end, uh, I was uh, given this encouragement. Uh, may the good shepherd's leading and care in your life be clear and evident this week. This encouragement. May the good shepherd's leading and care in your life be clear and evident this week. Thank you, Chris, for including that in that email. The reason I wanted to tell you this is that at 5 o'clock last Sunday afternoon, I needed to hear that. That I hadn't realized it, but within several hours of sharing this message, I was like just walking through something. It wasn't a, a tragedy or a crisis, but things in my mind. And, then, and when I read that email, again, that encouragement, may the good shepherds leading and care in your life be clear and evident this week. It's like I needed to receive that at that moment because I was, right then, I was putting a care on my own shoulders that Jesus wanted to carry. And so, Again, when I look at that video, there I went right back into, you know what I mean? That, that, that really is the way we can function is that we get used to things in a way that are so much less than what God has for us. So we need to encourage one another. And, and again, some of these assignments, so what, what that helped me to do then was to go back and to be more diligent in what I'd ask you to do for the week. You know, through the week to be listening, it's like, whose voice right now, whose voice am I listening to? You know, who am I following? Am I really allowing Jesus to care for me because he can care for me like no one else can? So what we looked at again last week in the first, first half of chap, John chapter 10, verses 1 through 21, was a continuation of, um, of this, this uh, story that Ben had, had started us on two weeks ago through chapter 9 where a man born blind was healed and he could see. But there's the progression of him moving from just being able to see physically being able to see who Jesus was and who Jesus is. So it was that progression. But yet there were those that were right there that were still blind. And Jesus followed up with them, and, he, and, and that's when he shifted into this discussion about, about a shepherd. And, and you know, he made these two great declarations. I am the door, and I am the good shepherd. And those are incredibly, incredibly important things to know about Jesus. 
That he is the door and there is no other way to get to the Father. He is the one who sits and lays at that, at, at that entrance to the, to the sheepfold. And he is the only way. He is the door. And he is the good shepherd. And I would encourage you to, uh, you know, we spent a little bit of time just going through Psalm 23 last week. And I would just encourage you to go back and, and be rereading who that good shepherd is. Uh, the one that cares for us. He's with us through every situation of life. He's desiring to lead us moment by moment. So that brings us now to, um, to the second half of chapter 10. And there's a little bit of a shift, but you're going to see some tie back as well. That's why we wanted to make sure that we talked about the sheep and the shepherd. So we're going to read through the, these last 21 verses of this chapter first. And we're just going to go back and section by section uh, talk through them. Uh, so I'm going to read through them. You can follow again on the screen uh, or uh, in, in your Bible or on your device. John chapter 10, beginning with verse 22. At that time, the feast of dedication took place at Jerusalem, and it was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the, I and the, and the Father are one. The Jews picked up stones again to stone him, and Jesus answered them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you going to stone me? The Jews answered, It is not for a good work that we're going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself God. But Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said you are God's? If he called them God's, to whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, do you say of him whom the Father consecrated and sent into the world, you are blaspheming? because I said I am the Son of God? If I am not doing the works of my Father, then do not believe me. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works, that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Again, they sought to arrest him, but he escaped from their hands. He went away again across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing at first. And there he remained, and many came to him, and they said, John did no sign, but everything that John said about this man was true, and many believed in him there. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, God, for who you are. We're so thankful that you are a God who loves us beyond what we can comprehend. We're so thankful that you are a God who is with us. We're so thankful, Lord, that your spirit speaks to us. So, Lord, we thank you for your word. We give honor to your word. And we desire, Lord, for our ears to be open, our hearts to be, to be sensitive and to be open, for our minds to be quickened, that we would receive your word and the power of your spirit in a way that each one of us would be drawn closer to you. And God, you know the work that you desire to do in every one of us in these next moments together. God, help us to come to alignment with what you want to do in us. So right now, I just ask that you would help us to present ourselves and to be open, Lord, to whatever you want to speak. And God, we thank you, Lord, that as you speak to us, you are always, Lord, speaking your love. You're always giving that invitation to come to you. And you're always, Lord, giving us the power through your spirit to walk in obedience to what you say. So God, we thank you so much, Lord, for this time in your word. May we be a blessing to you as we hear, receive, and obey. In Jesus' name, amen. So this passage is actually a change. Uh, the, the beginning of it is a change in time, and the end of it is a change in place. So what we're going to do is we're going to be walking through again, just section by section, and uh, talking through, through these scriptures and seeing again what God is desiring to speech, speak to each one of us. So again, in verse 22, the passage begins as this. At, the time of the feast of uh, at that time, the feast of dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the, in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So what happens is that between verses 21 and, and 22, there's about two and a half months of time change. 
So, and that's, that's significant because even though there's been that change in time, um, Jesus is going to be pointing back to what he had said earlier in Jerusalem. But it says that it was, again, that, that time was the Feast of Dedication. Now, many of us would be more familiar with that um, than that it was Hanukkah, which is also the Festival of Lights. So what was happening is that they were celebrating in Jerusalem the most recent of the Jewish feast. And Hanukkah was looking back to about, and, and about uh, almost 200 years prior uh, to when the temple in Jerusalem had been, had been desecrated uh, by, a, by, by the, the invasion of uh, the ruler of Syria. And I mean, they had done things to the temple. This is God's holy place that had been set apart for him. Uh, they, had been, they had done horrible things. They invaded the temple. They used it uh, for all kinds of sin. They had robbed from the treasury. Um, and after that time, there was, there was a rising up and a taking back of the temple for God. And when the temple again came, came under the control of the Israelites, it was consecrated, it was purified, it was set back to what it was meant to be. Uh, so that's what they're celebrating. It's the Festival of Lights, and there's, uh, there's some cool story behind that as far as with Hanukkah. Some of you may be familiar with it. But it was in this setting where Jesus is at this festival that he's walking through the, the colonnade, uh, that this, this place of Solomon's colonnade, this, which is beside uh, the Temple of the Gentiles. And it was a massive structure. It was just impressive in its, uh, in its presence. But it was a place often where, uh, where rabbis would, would walk and teach. But it was in that place that he, he gets surrounded. Okay, it says again that, that the Jews gathered around him and, he, and they, they confronted him. And they said, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. And then Jesus' response was twofold. He said, I told you, okay, and you did not believe. And the works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, and you do not believe. So there's two key things right here that we're going to be looking at concerning Jesus, and it's his words and his works. And both responses to those were unbelief by the Jews. He said again, I told you. They're asking, tell us, are you the Christ? And Jesus said, I've already told you. I've said it. I've clearly said it, but you did not believe. And he goes then and says, not only did I say it, but I've done the works that are of my father. I have, I have the action to back it up. It's one thing to say the words, but, but it's another thing to put those words into action. And Jesus did that. And the response again was they still did not believe. So what's left for them? They either need to believe or they're gonna die in their sin. I mean, it's just that simple. Jesus has spoken the words, he's performed the works, and now it's in their court. But it's interesting that Jesus says why they're not believing. Even though they've heard the words, seen the works, they're not believing. And Jesus says, the reason is this, because you are not among my sheep. You are not among my sheep. And I was very careful before I put this statement in. And um, I'll put it up and then We'll talk about it. But I believe that this is true, is that there is nothing more important in life than being a sheep. And you know, when you make an absolute statement like that, you have to be careful. And I've, I've examined this carefully, and, and I really believe that this is true. So when we talk about being sheep, yes, humankind as a whole have characteristics of sheep, and there are parallels that we can draw. But what we're talking about here is, is a sheep who is one who is God's. That there, there aren't options in between. We're either a sheep, one who belongs to God, or we're not. And there's, there's nothing more important in life than this. There's nothing, nothing more important in our lives than being a sheep. Again, the religious leaders, hearing the words, seeing the works, did not believe because they were not among the sheep. Now I want you to, to take note of this, is that Jesus didn't bail on them. He continued conversation. His desire is that all would come to him. His desire is that all would repent. His desire is that none would perish. His desire is that all would be his sheep. But I think that, that again, that this is something that we need to come back to over and over and over again, because if it's true for us, it's true for everyone that there is nothing more important in life 
than being a sheep, to belonging to Jesus. So we're going to continue through this passage and see exactly what that means. So I didn't separate them into a listing of six points, but I underlined six things in this passage that I think are super, 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 super critical. In fact, for this coming week, uh, my encouragement is for us all uh, to memorize these first two verses of this this, uh, grouping of scriptures, verses 27 and 28. Because Jesus says to the Jews, you are not among my sheep. But then he says this, my sheep. He's explaining who his sheep are and what they do. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And here's benefit to being sheep. My sheep, to my sheep, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Sounds like a pretty good deal. It's better than good. Best news ever. So let's look at these six things that I have underlined. We're just going to walk through them quickly. In fact, well, let's, can we just read those first two verses together, the 27 and 28? Let's read them together. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. I think those are verses worth memorizing. So I would encourage you this week to just really soak on these two and allow them to sink in to the place where they become embedded in our hearts in a deeper and deeper way. And you know, one of the things is that, that God's, the Spirit of God can bring the Word back to remembrance, but the deeper we have it ingrained in our hearts and in our minds, the easier the recall is. Now I'm amazed sometimes that the Holy Spirit gives me something and it's like, I know that's from Scripture. I didn't even know I knew that and had it memorized. But you know, the chances of recall are a lot stronger when we embed So what we're going to do is walk through, and the first thing that Jesus says is that they hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. Now back in verse 3 in this chapter, it says that that when we talked about the sheep being in the fold where there were different flocks together, that, uh, that the sheep would hear the shepherd's voice. He would call his own by name, and he would lead them out. So that ties back again to what Jesus said two and a half months earlier in Jerusalem when he was just talking about the relationship between the sheep and, and the shepherd is that they hear his voice. They hear his voice. So sheep hear Jesus speaking and they know that it's Jesus. Now one of the other things that Jesus said is that they don't listen to strangers' voices. In fact, they'll flee from a stranger. But there's this tuning in to the shepherd's voice that is key for every sheep. My sheep hear my voice. So typically when we talk about selective hearing, (laughs) okay, mostly guys are, well, guys are laughing at themselves because they've heard it and women are like, yeah, listen closely, husband. Don't be selective now. So normally when we talk about selective hearing, we're hearing about blocking out certain people, certain things, okay? We all have elements of selective hearing, okay? This is reversing. This is selective hearing where we're selecting to hear the shepherd, that we have become his and we are focused in, we're honed, honed in, that when Jesus speaks, we listen, okay? So that's the first thing. My sheep hear my voice. And how does he speak to us? He speaks to us um, directly through his word. When we read the word of God, it's Jesus speaking. We're reading red letter today stuff, things that he said. We hear him speaking. We hear him speaking through his spirit. There's promptings inside that we know that's the shepherd speaking right now. And there's times that God, many times that God speaks through others, through, through believers, and sometimes he can even speak through, use, and, use and speak through people that aren't his. But we hear his voice. My sheep hear my voice. And then it follows, my sheep, I know them. Now this, honestly, I wrestled with this a little bit. Um, if we go back to, to uh, verses 14 and 15 again from last week, I know my own and my own know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. So there's this, there's this double knowing, it's both ways. I know my sheep, my sheep know me. But here he's specifically saying, my sheep, okay, I know them. Now, what I was wrestling with this is like, yeah, but God knows everybody, but it doesn't mean everybody's his sheep, right? Because every single person, some of the things that Jesus said, every single person that's alive right now, he knows the numbers of hair on their head. 
He knows every detail about us. In fact, again, Psalm 139, one of my favorites is that it says that, that he is with us always and completely. Whether we know him or following him or not, I mean, so he knows everything. So when Jesus said, my sheep, I know him, what is he saying? He's saying that there is an intimate relationship. The fact that Jesus knows everything about everybody and he is always pouring out, he's sustaining every life, he's always loving, that doesn't mean that it's reciprocated, it doesn't mean there's a relationship, okay? There's knowledge, there's understanding, but if the person doesn't respond, there's not a relationship. What he's talking about when he says, I know them, it means that I am intimately connected with them. In fact, um, 1 Corinthians 8, 3 really helped this. I've just put, put this in, th these two verses together and it defines it for me. In 1 Corinthians 8, 3 it says this, if anyone loves God, he is known by God. If anyone loves God, he is known by God. So what it means again is that the, the direction of love coming from heaven toward us when there's a response, a reciprocation that we're loving God back, then it says that we are known by God. And that's what Jesus is saying. My sheep, I know them. We're in intimate relationship. So my sheep hear my voice, I know them, and I follow them. That means that there's not just the hearing and then going our own way. It means that's the hearing and out of a love relationship we follow and we walk with a shepherd. This is defining us who are sheep. Oswald Chambers' quote I've often gone back to, he says this, that there is no allowance whatever in the New Testament for the man who says he is saved by grace but who does not produce the graceful goods. I'll read that again. There is no allowance whatever in the New Testament for the man who says he is saved by grace but who does not produce the graceful goods. Now, why is that important? We're saved by grace, it's a gift. We cannot work for it. But if we're saved, there needs to be works that follow. There's just no other, there is no other explanation in the New Testament and in the presentation of salvation. We are not working to be saved, we are working because we are saved. We're saved by grace through faith, not of works, we can't boast, it's not of ourselves but we are created to do good works. We are born into the family of God so that then the works are the outflow of our lives. We're not expected to be perfect and we can't be perfect, but we need to be moving forward in our obedience. That means it's why it's, why it's so critical for every one of us as sheep to be listening to hear his voice because his voice says, Mark, you're going the wrong way. Mark, this is not what I planned for you. This is not what's best for you. This is not what's best for those around you. This is not what's best for our relationship. And I need to follow that. I need to be growing in that. It's a purification. It's sanctification. It's a process. And it's lifelong. It's not just something that, again, that, that I make a decision once in life and then leave it. It's not what a sheep is. A sheep hears his voice, are known by God, and follow him. So then there's three things that are given. Again, these next three things that we're gonna look at. First of all, Jesus said, to my sheep, I give eternal life. Now, everybody lives forever. It's not just life without end. He's saying, to my sheep, I give eternal life. I give this gift because apart from Christ, we are eternally dead. When we come into relationship with God through Christ, we are given eternal life. And what that means is that we are brought from death to life. And that eternal life is not just what happens after we die, it happens now. That eternal life is resident within us. We've been given the stamp and the seal of the Holy Spirit. And we are given eternal life. My sheep, I give them eternal life. The next thing that, that I have underlined is that my sheep, they will never perish. This is the hope that we have as believers. That when our physical bodies stop living, New life has begun in a way far beyond what we can comprehend. My sheep will never perish, but will live for eternity in my presence. There's eternal life. We will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. There's security. 
for my sheep, for my sheep who hear my voice, who I know and are following me. I give eternal life. They will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Now, this is often called eternal security, the doctrine of eternal security. And one of the things that I've uh, been very careful is we need to be careful what labels we use. Eternal security can mean a broad spectrum of beliefs. And that's where we need to be careful because uh, for some, eternal security means this, is that a, a person's prayed the prayer of salvation, they're saved, then they're good to go regardless of how they live after. That's one extreme of eternal security. To another, I would say extreme as far as with under this one umbrella of eternal security, to another, um, some will say that a person is saved and if they live like this dedicated life following Christ and then their life completely changes, then it really just means that they were never saved. And that, that, is, that is a doctrine. And there, and there are scriptures that, that again, that we can, we can embrace and we can point to that can support all these things. The challenge, our challenge is to always bring the wholeness and the fullness of Scripture together. And, you know, uh, again, we can pull out passages and support a lot of different doctrines and doctrines that seem conf- conflicting, and the Scriptures are all there. So what I want to do is, is talk and, 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 again, look at this and what this, what this is speaking. This, this assurance, this security is spoken to sheep. And Jesus is saying, as sheep, you are hearing my voice. You're known by me. We're in intimate relationship, and you're following me. And this, and we're not earning it, but that's where our security lies, in being these sheep. That we have this confidence that, that, no, that nothing externally, nothing from outside can ever remove us from this place because the good shepherd is with us. He desires for us to be in this place. He's going to help us. And we, again, as we looked at it last week, is that the good shepherd is walking along with, with us. He's, he's leading us. He's protecting us. He's doing these things. And that's what Jesus say, says is that there, there is the security, there's this confidence that we can have. Now, I think what trips us up is that we can move into the place, though, of making judgments that only God can make. And what I mean by that is that there's going to be a final day when every one of us stands before God. Every one of us individually stands before God. And God will either say, welcome in, you're sheep, or you're not, and there's eternal damnation. It's very clear in Scripture, throughout Scripture. There are two destinations for all of us. It's either heaven with God or hell separated from him eternally only God makes that call rightly only God is a perfect judge who judges rightly only God knows the heart because the reality is that we can look at the outside things and we can we can make evaluations don't get me wrong we can see people who are sold out for God and we can have confidence that they're sheep and we can see others that are living literally in outright denial of God but we still need to be careful about judging Judgment ultimately belongs to God. We need to leave it with him. When Jesus in Matthew chapter 13 talked about the wheat and the tares, the wheat was the good and the tares were the weeds that were sown in between. He said, we don't separate them now. It's harvest time. That's when it's decided. And then later in Matthew chapter 25, he talks about the sheep and the goats. Who's dividing the sheep and the goats? It's God at the end. The sheep will go to my right and the goats will go to the left and the sheep to eternal life and the goats to eternal damnation. That we need to leave the judgments with God. And we need to rest in the security as sheep that he is caring for us and he will hold us. He is there for us. So the important thing really concerning eternal security is am I rightfully and truthfully before God discerning that I am sheep? That's it. Am I truly and, and, and rightfully before God in his word, and his presence, discerning that I am a sheep. And in that, we have security. In that, we have security. And that is ongoing. It is not a decision of one moment and then abandoning. It's a, it's a lifetime walk. It's walking with him. It's hearing his voice. It's knowing him and him knowing us. It's following his word 
Again, not to perfection. We're not going to reach that until we're with him. But an ongoing walk in relationship. And that's where Jesus gives this, this promise of security. But we need to know that we are saved and we can have that assurance that we are saved. And that assurance, some of that comes, is that am I walking in obedience to the Lord? You know, James chapter 2 says, you know, you say you have faith, but without works your faith is dead. We're saved by grace through faith. If we're going to, again, have saving faith, there needs to be the works that follow. It has to be a life change. If we look at this, Jesus was talking about his words and his deeds. Jesus' words and his works did not make him God's son. His words and his works did not make him God's son. His words and his works were because he is God's son. And this same principle is true for us. What we profess with our mouth and our deeds, they're not going to make us sheep. But when we are sheep, there will be the words and the works that follow that are part of our life. It's what Jesus, it's what Jesus is saying concerning his sheep. And it's so important that we embrace these truths. If we're not sure that we're sheep, if you're starting to wonder, keep asking, keep investing, investigating, keep diving deep until there's that assurance. Because there's nothing more important in life than being his sheep. If you have questions, I wanna, I wanna encourage you, go to First uh, John, the same writer, that wrote this gospel that we're studying. First John, it's five chapters. You can read through it quickly, but don't read through it fast. <laughs> just go through it and just, just read it and listen to what John's saying. If you have question about being a sheep, then dive deep because it's more important that you get it right than you feel good about it. It's more important that we get it right than we feel good about it. Because there, on that day, and, and this has been painful for me many times when I've looked at this, but yet it's so true because Jesus said it. In Matthew chapter seven, he said, there will be those that say, Lord, Lord, but do not enter in. And those people, those very ones that Jesus is talking about are people that, that did these miraculous things, prophesied, cast out demons, did miracles. Jesus says there are many that will be in this category that cry out, Lord, Lord. And Jesus says, depart from me, why? Because I never knew you. That's that second thing about the sheep, right? The sheep, I know them. I'm in relationship. There is nothing, you can't be his sheep without being in relationship. You can't be his sheep without responding to his love. Not just knowing about his love, but loving him back. And Jesus said two greatest commandments. What, the first, first is this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Second, love your neighbor as yourself. I didn't make it up. Jesus said it, right? There has to be that relationship. There has to be. And in that relationship, we can have confidence. This message is not to make you question your salvation unless you need to, okay? But this message is, is for you to see how good of a shepherd he is and how much he desires for you to be his sheep. He's created us to know him. He wants us to know him. He's calling out, will you come to me? What's really cool is the last part of, the, of that passage that we we're just looking at, that last verse, those last couple verses, it says that, that um, in fact, let me just go back. I want to read this again. It says, no one will snatch them out of my hand. Okay, Jesus is speaking of himself. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Can you hear the level of security for the sheep? Jesus' hand, God's hand, and we're one. I want you to know how much God will keep you and how much God will hold you and how much God will protect you. When you're in Jesus' hand, you're in the Father's hand, and they're one. He is for you. And there's nothing, nothing that, coming, that will come against you that can override them. So you're in the safest place you can be when you are sheep. So now let's move to the next passage. And we are, just so you're not concerned, we're going to go rather quickly through the rest. 
I know it's July 4th and you have off tomorrow, but we're not going to use it all. So, <laughs> so this next, next section, I'm just going to touch on it very briefly. Um, the response to this great news, the Jews picked up stones to stoning. Again, you remember chapter 8, there was an attempt and Jesus slipped out. This is so cool, though. Jesus picked up, or the Jews picked up stones again to stone him, and Jesus answered them. <laughs> okay, they're holding stones, and Jesus says, let's talk some more. <laughs> really? This is our shepherd, though. No, remember he said, no one takes my life from me. This wasn't his time. He knew it. He stands strong. Do we have that confidence? God wants us to give that kind of confidence that we will just stand. Now, I'm not saying be foolish. You need to know it's God, <laughs> okay? But they picked up stones to stone him, and Jesus answered them. <laughs> I've shown you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you going to stone me? The Jews answered, it's not the good work issue, okay, that we're going to stone you, but for blasphemy. For blasphemy. And that is punishable by stoning, okay, according to their law. Because you being a man make yourself God. And Jesus is so smart, we know that. But like, he goes back to Psalm 86 and he, and he talks about what was said back there. Uh, he said, it is, is it not written in your law, I said you are gods, and if he called them gods to whom the word of God, God came and scripture cannot be broken, do you say of him whom the Father, he's, he's saying very clearly, speaking of himself, whom the Father consecrated and sent into the world, you are blaspheming because I said I am the son of God? Well, back in Psalm 86, if you go, uh, the word of God is coming to unjust judges. And he's saying, you're sitting in a place of judgment you need to judge rightly. And he literally called them gods because they were in a place of rulership over the people. It was small g gods, okay? There is only one God. But Jesus is using this. He's using scripture itself to help them understand they're tripping up over what should be a clear path. And Jesus is saying again, you know, I am Jesus. I have been consecrated by, the, by my Father. I've been set apart for his purpose, just as the, they're celebrating the temple that had been consecrated again, set apart for purpose. He's on mission. He's ambassador of, for, and by God. The Son of God has been sent. So we move into the next passage. Aren't you relieved that big group of scriptures only took that, that short of time? Um, <clears throat> next group of, of scriptures, starting with verse 37, Jesus says this, if I am not doing the works of my Father, then do not believe me. That's simple. If I'm not doing the works of my Father, then do not believe me. But if I do them, even though you do not believe, believe the works. Believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. And again, they sought to arrest him, but he escaped their hands. You hear how much Jesus is desiring for them to hear and to receive, to, to see the works and understand that, that this is God standing right in front of them. John said, I've written these things that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and by believing you may have life in his name. Jesus said these things, did these things, so that these who were even opposed to him and ready to kill him, that they would believe and find life. Jesus wants you to be his sheep. Jesus wanted them to be his sheep. Jesus desires for all to be his sheep. Whatever you think you've done that makes you unworthy of being a sheep, don't let that lie stop you. The enemy, thief, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's come that we can have life and that we can have it to the full. And now, we said this passage was a change of time. It was about two and a half months after Jesus had, had spoken early, earlier about being a shepherd. Now there's a change of place. Scripture says, he went away again across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing at first. And there he remained. Many came to him and they said, John did no sign, but everything that John said about this man was true. Many believed in him there. Jesus went back and him leaving Jerusalem at this time, it's the last time he's in Jerusalem until he enters again on Palm Sunday and five days later gives his life on the cross. But he goes back to where John had been baptizing. He went back to where he had been baptized by John. He went back to that place where he had heard from the Father, this is my son, in whom I'm well pleased. Believe him, you know, follow him. I mean, he came back to that place of his experience with the Father in preparation for what God had for him next. 
So he left, again, some people think it was probably about 20 miles away from Jerusalem. He left Jerusalem and went back to the place, a significant place in his life where he was before the beginning of his ministry. I think it's important for us to go back to important places in our lives. I thought about literally physical places in my life and, and um, right up the street, Shrewsbury Assembly. I can take you to the place that's now the Fellowship Hall. It had been the sanctuary uh, when I was young. And I remember encounters with God. Like I can, I can point to two specific places, even though it's a gym floor now. But I know where that altar was. I know where it was standing. Another time, places where I had encounters with God. Whether I'm standing there physically in that building or not, I can go back in my mind and, and I hear the shepherd calling. I can go to Falling Waters, West Virginia, to a campground. I visited many years later and just, uh, just on a journey. I wasn't sure where God was going to take me, but I landed there at the end of the couple days and, and it was just taken back to where I had encounters with God where I heard him calling my name and I responded, I knew I was a sheep. I can take you to Carlisle. These are different places that, that I can go and it's important for us to go back but it's so that we can move forward, to help us move forward in confidence and, insur- and assurance of who we are in God and who he is in us. You can go back to times in this place and maybe you can too. In fact, today may be a day that you establish a place that this is where you come back to. An encounter with God. It's life-changing. For those that are remote, it can be wherever you are because God's there. But we're drawn back to places where we encounter God and it's important because Jesus has taught us that we need to remember. We need to remember his work. In just a few moments, we're going to receive communion together. It's that looking back. And if you um, did not pick up the elements when you came in, they were on the tables, but if you didn't, didn't pick one up, would you please raise your hand and just keep it up until uh, some are brought to you. We want to make sure everybody has opportunity uh, to receive together. But as we receive of the Lord's table, we're going back. Not to our own experience, that's part of it. But we're going back to where Jesus was the door. We're going back to where the good shepherd laid down his life for the sheep. We're going back to that that time that's central in all of history. Where Jesus took upon himself our sin. The perfect lamb, the shepherd became the lamb. The perfect lamb laid down his life as payment for our sin so that we could know him. Jesus said to do this, that we are to remember, we are to go back. And as we do, for those of us who are sheep, there should always be fresh appreciation, fresh thanksgiving, fresh open hands of surrender, fresh determination. Jesus, I want to hear you. I want to know you. I want you to know me. I'm an open book. I want to follow you. I thank you that through you, I have eternal life. I will not perish and no one will snatch me from your hands. This is what happens for sheep as we remember communion together. But before we go to communion, we are instructed to examine ourselves. Paul very clearly states in 1 Corinthians 11 that before we do this, we need to look at ourselves. And and this isn't to look at ourselves to convince ourselves. This is to look at ourselves so that God can speak to us. Because Isaiah said, all we like sheep have gone astray. And we can still, even as sheep, have that tendency to run back to trenches. But he's calling us. He's calling us again. If you are not his sheep, if through this message it's like, well, man, I thought it was okay, but I'm not sure now. God wants you to be sure now. If you will just surrender your life to him. Can he be savior without being your Lord? I'm more and more convinced it's impossible.
He can't just save you and not be Lord because salvation, according to Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, that if we confess, if we confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. For it's with our hearts we believe and we're justified and with our mouths we confess and we are saved. You know, we don't just put a toe in and get to heaven. God calls us to be all in because he's all in for us. God knows our hearts. We need to let him show us our hearts. 2 Corinthians 2, verses, chapter 13, verse 5 says this, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you unless, of course, you fail the test? And if right now the Spirit of God is speaking to you and saying you're coming up short, you're failing, Jesus is saying, come to me. Step into the fold. I have life and life eternal for you. Just before we receive the elements, I'm just going to say a prayer. And it's for two. It's for those who are sheep and for those that are not. And for all, it's come closer. Jesus, thank you so much, God, for your great love for us. Thank you, God, that you care for us beyond what we can comprehend. We thank you, God, that you are for us, that you are not against us. We thank you that you have proven your love for us over and over again. And as we look back to the cross, as we look, look back to you giving your life for us, God, we say thank you, and we want to commit, Lord, to being sheep, Lord, that are, that are hearing your voice, that are being known by you, and who are walking in obedience to your voice. And God, for those that right now, Lord, your spirit is speaking, and they've realized that, that I'm not a sheep. Maybe I thought I was, but I'm not, or maybe I never even considered being a sheep. We thank you that right now your Holy Spirit is calling and drawing, is desiring at this moment to impart eternal life. Eternal life, life that is not just about being saved, it's about having new life now and forevermore. So Jesus, thank you right now that as you hear prayers of confession, as you receive, Lord, these prayers reaching out to you, we thank you, Lord, that it's your delight to receive, it's your delight to draw in, it's your delight to save and to make new. So we thank you that as we confess our sin, you're faithful and just to forgive us our sin, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, that through your sacrifice that we are made whole, we are made perfect. God, we thank you. Now draw us ever closer to your side. May we honor and praise you as we receive today. So if you would take the elements and prepare to receive of the bread. Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Can we eat together? Jesus, thank you for giving your body for us. Thank you for laying down your life that we can be yours. Thank you, Lord. Scripture says that in the same way after supper, he took the cup, saying this, is, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. It's the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. As we do this, we are declaring, we are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. Strength together. Thank you, Jesus. We are saved not because of any good of our own, but because of him and his great love for us. The best thing that we can do is to offer our, our, our lives as living sacrifices to him. Allow our obedience to be the highest form of worship. Let's just praise him. Let's lift up his name. And as we've said before, if, you, if you're drawn to stand, if you're drawn to kneel, um, respond to him in praise. 
Let's lift him up because he alone is worthy. We hope you enjoyed this message. You can find more like it on our website under sermons. To keep up to date with our sermon series, hit the subscribe button in your podcast host and follow our social media pages. Just search for GFC Shrewsbury on the platform of your choice. If you're looking to connect with us further, then you can email us at connect at gfcshrewsbury.org. We will be back next week with another message. We hope to see you again soon.